Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, Rowan Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM. I am Aaron Hook, and we're back here for another edition of Offsides here on this Monday. And we are into the month of October, officially um, October the 2nd, 5.04 p.m., coming to you live here in the WGLS studios in Glassboro. Um, Again, I'm your Monday host, Aaron Hook. I've got Jordan Weisinger on my right. And to my left is Aiden Ray. Um, so I want to say thank you guys uh, for coming in. And, you know, with playoff baseball starting tomorrow and the NBA uh, really kind of kicking back into full swing with a couple big moves that we'll get into and, and media day happening today. I don't know if you guys saw Jimmy Butler's new haircut, but uh, it looks pretty. Uh, he does it every year for media day, man. It's, it's a little funny. rebellious. It looks insane. Know. I was like, what? <laughs> how did Jimmy get that hair, that hairstyle? I, that's, that's a good question. I'm not sure how he goes from the, you know, like the braids to just letting it out like that. I, I mean, there's a lot of hair in the braids. I, don't realize th- there is a lot of hair, I guess. I mean, he does have a lot of hair now. Yeah. Um, you, you can really see it. Uh, he even said that he is emo. So, I guess that's his new vibe or, or shtick. Uh, Th- that'll last like two weeks. So we saw <laughs> last year he had like the crazy dreads. Right, and that true. lasted like a week or two into the <laughs> season. Just so the headshot throughout the year is just him looking kind yeah, of Yeah, that's that's a good point. I always loved uh, looking at his at his profile picture um, on the score, the app, uh, when I was like looking up his stats. And we always had the crazy dreads. Now I'm looking forward to see his, his, seeing his uh, emo haircut every time <laughs> I look up his numbers. So. Um, yeah, NBA Media Day was today. We'll get more into basketball in a little bit. Again, there was a, a, there were a couple of bin moves in the past week um, that really kind of shook up the landscape of uh, the NBA as a whole and, and more particularly the, the Eastern Conference. Um, so we'll get into all that. But, you know, as we do, and, and I've said, you know, having this Monday slot gives us a chance every week to kind of recap the Sunday games um, from the National Football League and then I looked ahead to the Monday night game. And honestly, before we dive into any of the Sunday stuff that happened yesterday, I mean, I've got two Giants fans in front of me. So let's start a little Giants Seahawks tonight. I mean, you know, when you look at the NFC East, um, Philly staying undefeated, beating Washington yesterday, Dallas winning big as well over the Patriots. This is a game for the Giants that they really, really need. Because if you fall to one and three and everyone else above you is at least a game better, Dallas and Philadelphia are the favorites, obviously, uh, for the division. If you want to kind of tread water here, Aiden, I think this is a game that the Giants really need to pull off at home. I agree. Also, also with Miami and Buffalo coming up next after Seattle, this is a must-win for the Giants, especially against a – it's going to be really tough because we're playing a pretty good Seahawks team, especially with Lockett, with Metcalf, Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith. It's going to be a tough game tonight. Also, without Andrew Thomas and Saquon, it's going to be a rough – I'm worried for this game tonight. Jordan, you feeling the same way? Yeah, I'd have to agree. The biggest thing that scares me is not like necessarily how we're going to play because I think we can put up points. Seattle's defense is not that highly ranked, but ours is worse. <laughs> uh, the Giants ranked dead last in uh, opposing rushing play percentage and rushing touchdowns in a game. I expect Kenneth Walker to really feast tonight, and Geno Smith against this Giants secondary, like Aiden mentioned with uh, Metcalf, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, he's going to feast, and I'm scared to play any offense that has power like that. And we, it's a must-win, like you said, because I'm already looking ahead at the schedule, and the Bills and Dolphins, we have no chance, I don't, unless something crazy happens. But those teams are just incredible, way better than we are, and the upper echelon of teams that we are not. And, and they both have a bunch of weapons right. like Seattle. So right? I would say it's a must-win, but I don't think – we're going to pull it out tonight. Yeah, I mean, the Giants really, the five of their first six games, when, when you guys mentioned Miami and Buffalo after uh, tonight's game against Seattle, five of their six games are, are against just weapon-laden teams, like just teams that have excess of, of, of yeah. offensive weapons. Like 
you, Dallas week one. You play Arizona, who, I mean, they do give up 28 points to. They had to storm back and come back. Once again, that it was one. the defense in that game, too. Yeah, and that's really the only team that it doesn't have, like, a surplus of guys they can go to. Obviously, San Francisco <laughs> could be the most stacked offensive team in the league. Seattle tonight, Miami. I mean, we know what they've been doing, uh, although they get crushed by the Bills yesterday. We'll talk about it. but And then Buffalo. I mean, yeah. they look great yesterday. And um, even after the Buffalo game, like we saw how Washington played against Philly. Like They're not a bad team at all. No, we, not. we might split against them this year. Yeah, yeah they're they not. Great fu- they put up a great fight against Philly. That's, I mean, they took that game to overtime in, what, last second? Yeah. Um, they should have won for two. When I, Watching the game, I said that to my roommate. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an interesting conversation, too, with, with Ron Rivera. But, I, I mean, for – the Giants tonight, you know, I, I so you guys would agree it's it's going to have to be a bit of a shootout for them to hang in this one. No? I, th- I, th- I think it's going to be a shootout regardless. I expect the Giants to put up at least 24 points tonight because, as I mentioned, Seattle's defense is weaker compared to the other teams they faced. San Fran obviously has an incredible defense. So does Dallas, as we saw. Arizona was the only team that doesn't have a great defense, and it showed because we put up an historic comeback on their heads. <laughs> so... Yeah, I expect it to be a shootout, but Seattle to pull it off in the end. Yeah, same thing. Like, real stuff. I, As of right now, I have Se- obviously I have Seattle winning this game. But, like, real stuff, our defense needs to improve tonight. It is – you cannot um, allow a load of points tonight, especially knowing that you could go one either go one and three or be two and two. Because, like, again, the next two games – are going to be hard for the Giants. I'm also not that concerned with the offensive line as much because Seattle's pass rush is nothing too crazy to worry about. But I'm really looking forward to see how Banks does tonight as CB1 against this unbelievably stacked wide receiver room in Seattle. So I'm looking to see improvement from him and McKinney. You know, when you talk about the defense for the Giants, right, and it was kind of just an overhaul with Wynn Martindale coming in and um, getting a uh, a few new pieces there. I just want to kind of know, like, with the steam, obviously Martindale's a guy coming from Baltimore where, you know, they ran a lot of blitz packages. Like, wh- what have you guys just kind of seen from, from this Giants defense? Do you think it's it's them getting beat more over the top, or, or, or what's it really been? I mean, again, they've given up a bunch of points um, each of the first three weeks. It's 100% over the top, like you mentioned. The secondary has just been really weak this year. We don't have anyone that stands out. And Banks is arguably one of our best cornerbacks, and he's just a rookie. This Tonight's going to be his, what is it, week four, his fourth game. But, yeah, I would say definitely the secondary is what's to uh, cause concern, with the exception of Kayvon Thibodeau. He has, like, one pressure all season. He's, he needs to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pass rush-wise, again, dent pressure on Geno Smith. Going to be a huge team for the Giants tonight. Come in two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home uh, at MetLife Stadium. Um over under is hit at forty six and a half. Um, again, Jordan, you said you think it's gonna be a shootout. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Gino, you know, has been pretty good for for Seattle. Four touchdowns in, in three games, um, and he's just fed his guys, like you guys have said. I mean, Lockett and Metcalf um, have been his go to guys. And for the Giants offensively, obviously not having Saquon Barkley. You know, you have Matt Breida step in now. He's expected to get the I, I guess most carries in this game but we'll see how it shapes out um and then you said it Aiden I mean not having Andrew Thomas again is gonna cause some problems I think Jordan you, you talked about the Seattle pass rush really not having a, a ton of juice um but without your star left tackle there I mean they could uh kind of force Daniel Jones um to make some tough decisions and we know that DJ you know he, he's good out of structure he has the ability to make plays but you know, when you get him rattled early in a game, um, we've seen how it's gone for the Giants already this season. Yeah, again, that's a big, again, big difference of the Giants O-line with Andrew Thomas and without Andrew Thomas. Because Andrew Thomas, last year, was the best-graded um, offensive lineman on um, PFF. So, literally, like, offensive, the offensive line has not been as good again this year, especially without Andrew Thomas, because he makes a difference for the O-line. Yeah, it's crazy to me how when he started his career in New York, it was it was you know Eric Flowers type of comparisons um, for Andrew Thomas, oh, and then he is that's a name I don't want to hear. <laughs> don't but, don't but, mention that name. But now he's turning into a real star, um, and the Giants are going to miss him tonight. 
Um, again, 8.15 p.m. here for the Monday night game. Another point I want to bring up real quick before, yeah. if, we, if you want to move on. Yeah, is, no, uh, no, no, go. Okay. It's yes. your team, man. So uh, tonight <laughs> is also Jamal Adams' season debut, as we all know. And I'm That's a name I don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys did win the trade though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we did. I agree. But yeah, Garrett Wilson, I don't want. I want to see if the Giants, because Bobby Wagner is back in Seattle. He's had his number of games winning at MetLife, as we know, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Seahawks have never lost at MetLife. I w- I'm interested to see if the Giants are gonna throw his way. It's is that, that true? Way. They've never lost. At never MetLife? lost. At MetLife. Five and o- they're five and zero at MetLife. Wow. Yeah, wow, so that's I'm, a crazy stat. I'm interested to see if they target a 33-year-old Bobby Wagner. We all know he's he was All-Pro uh, second team last year. He's still an incredible linebacker. I sh- I'm curious to see if they uh, use Darren Waller more in that game because I think the secondary for Seattle, like they still have solid guys. They still have uh, Quandre Diggs, Rick Woolen, Witherspoon, the rookie out of Illinois, and now Adams back. So um, I want to see them more with the uh, the shorter passing game than the long because they haven't been using that all year. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, w- when you look at Waller, he can be um, a weapon over the middle of the field for Daniel Jones. But, you know, we saw it, uh, with the Raiders as well. He's a guy who can be a vertical threat, Darren Waller. He is an athletic, big-bodied tight end. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to see them open up the passing game with him a little bit more as well. 12 catches for 132 for Waller um, in his first three games. Uh, and again, I mean, the guys you have on the outside, I, I would like to see a little bit more of Jalen Hyatt as well, because mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, he is a big playmaker, and I, I know they don't love him as an every-down receiver, but I would like to see them kind of get him into more packages, right, Jordan, just to uh, kind of compete with Seattle yeah. if they're going to go over the top with their guys, DK and Lockett. The Giants are going to have to punch back, no? I agree, yeah. And yeah. if you want to take shots with Hyatt like we saw in the game in Arizona, you need to give time to the O-line, and the Giants have to learn how to adapt mid-game two at halftime. We saw that in Arizona. If the O-line's not stepping up, you don't have time to take those deep shots. And like you said, you really need to open up the passing game with Waller, maybe 10-yard out, some slants, some posts. And especially I want to see Wondell Robinson. He played last week. I want to see him True. get back into it. He's the type of guy that's like similar to Odell in a sense. Put him in the slot. He can take a slant route to the house. Same with Waller. Yeah, Giants have a lot of speed, and so... Um, we'll see if uh, they can kind of uh, get out of their offensive woes a little bit tonight. By the way, Seattle, another stat on them. Um, 28-12 and 12 all-time on Monday night. Yeah, Best record ever of any team, um, any franchise. Best winning percentage, I should say, of any franchise on Monday night football. Seattle, uh, 28 for 40. Yeah, um, they, know what, they know what they're doing on Monday night football, and especially do. like the last – like 10 11 years because they've yeah. been a they've been a pretty yeah. dominant team. Pete Carroll just has their number. Like last year we played them in <laughs> Seattle as well and we were the better team last year I'd have to say. We made the we had a higher seed. We won a playoff game when they got smacked by San Fran. I know they played San Fran, but it's, it's still we won a playoff game at least. I mean, we we did I remember we beat them in um 2020 when they were 12 and 4 and we were um like we yeah, had like three was, wins at that point. That was good. No, four we were 4 and 7. The only exception, the uh that was crazy. A Colt McCoy legacy game. Colt McCoy. I, I do remember that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Help us, help and, us Wayne almost, Go- and Wayne yeah. Gallman. Don't forget about Wayne, Wayne Gallman. Gallman. But, yeah, but point point being is Pete Carroll has our number, and I don't expect that to change tonight. 8-15 tonight on ESPN Giants and Seahawks. Speaking of MetLife Stadium, I think we should get into the game last night. Um, Jets and Chiefs. I'd, I'd, I'm going to open the floor to you guys. I'd, what what did you think about the game? Maybe the ending? Um Zach Wilson. I know. Okay. What do you, what do you guys you, think? Aiden, I, want, I want you guys to talk first. You want to start it off, Aiden? Yeah, let's start it off. So, honestly, Zach Wilson played way better than, like, any of us would thought. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes last night. And the Jets actually put up a – they put up a great fight. But the Chiefs had, like, the, like the refs just went their way, to be honest. And that, but, and that, but one thing I could say about the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco coming back to New Jersey as a Rutgers – <laughs> alumni and, and you know uh, just for a second it's funny it's like they kept saying he's back in his hometown i think they said home state first but home then they sta- said hometown it's not home he's, he's a south jersey kid he's, he's from a, south jersey he's from but vineland he went, i mean he's two hours away it's not really his hometown he's from but south jersey state, but he went state. to rock he went to rockers which, which is near new york's new york city yeah. But it's an hour out that's yeah. fine that's fine more near new york city than philly because like True. new jersey but pacheco had played a very very well game last night yeah. and um was um carrying the Chiefs offense pretty well but also yeah it was it was it was way closer than anyone would expect 
But another thing, they keep they keep showing Taylor Swift every time. Like, come on. <laughs> Come yeah, I, I it's mean, football. I, they, they were showing her when she was the 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 OC, right? When they scored when, that, when Pacheco scored and he was about to do his dance, they cut to Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm not. I wanted sure. to see the dance. I'm not sure what Taylor Swift had to do with Pacheco dancing. Exactly. The zone, yeah, I'll get into her in a minute. Um, but <laughs> Pacheco, yeah, 20 carries for under 15 yards. I mean, in I you obviously I can tell you watched a lot of him at Rutgers and. Um, when he was at Rutgers, he was just a physical runner, wasn't he? He yeah. was a downhill yeah. runner, but he's really got some speed to him as well. He looks like a very complete back, Pacheco for the Chiefs, a real weapon in this offense for them. Yeah, it's definitely great. The Chiefs, um, that was, that's a steal getting him in the seventh round, um, last year, out of Rutgers because he he was able to um make their offense um pretty good, even though except even though Rutgers, you know, they're not like as good at like football usually they mm-hmm. aren't they aren't good at football but like they are able to um but Pacheco was able to get his opportunities um whenever they put they put against teams that like of course they're in a they're in like the hardest um division and the best conference yeah and, Jordan you're a Rutgers guy one of the best too right I am a Rutgers guy yeah the Rutgers has looked pretty good this year can't four, lie four not, one. not world beaters but you know I mean we'll see how they do in big time play but we're getting off topic right. anyway yeah Jordan what do, what do you think of the the whole the whole I don't even know what to call it. Like, it, I know what you're getting. It just at. felt like a melting pot of like everything last the night. The Jets you know? were absolutely robbed last night. How many holding uh, calls did they miss? The on that Jermaine Johnson one was the worst. It's ridiculous. That was the worst one. He must have been getting held for a good seven, eight I mean, seconds. Like you, you see holds all the time that are like, are you serious? How are you calling that a hold? And then the Gardner holding penalty yeah, was. I mean, I think just as bad. I mean, and and the problem for me is that they. And he said it in his post-game press conference. Referee throws the flag while Michael Carter is already going the other way with the ball after he picked it off. Right. Like, if you're going to call Gardner for holding, throw the flag when he holds him. Yeah. I don't understand yeah, it. That was about to be Mahomes' third interception. And, like, we would have had an opportunity to see a Zach Wilson legacy <laughs> drive. That's another thing. Mahomes, what was going on with him last night? He made some of the worst throws I've seen him yeah. make. That was, that the was, thing with Mahomes is he – He's so used to being just having guys like have Tyree Kill out there, Travis Kelsey, who he still has. But he like the perfect example is in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. He was he could do all he can, and he threw dots on his side, off his back foot, whatever he could to get a touchdown. You can't really do that anymore when their their number one receiver is Sky Moore, and the Jets defense like people can clown the Jets all they want. Zach Wilson like he's a bust. The Jets' defense is legit. They, they, they are legit. Sauce Gardner is one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league. They didn't throw his way pretty much at all. I mean, that holding penalty, they kind of put it his way. Um, and there was an intentional grounding call that didn't get called against Mahomes. It was just, as a Jets fan watching that game, yeah, you can I mean, feel it being taken away. And look, yes, Zach Wilson, if he doesn't fumble that snap, maybe the Jets go down in store and we have a different game. Sure, that's totally fair. The Jets defense that they did a stop on yeah. a couple third downs. Now one of the third downs, third and twenty, when Mahomes scrambled, that was a miss. That was the missed holding call against Johnson. I mean, a f- which a few missed holding calls. I'm watching yeah, that replay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, the Chiefs I, literally had the ball for the last like seven and a half minutes. I was begging for for the for Garrett Wilson to get the ball because I lost by two in fantasy because of him. <laughs> I mean, not but not because of him, but like he he did what he could do. The last Jets night. have yeah. a bunch of tough games too, especially because the hyper on Rogers coming in. They have a bunch of primetime games. Oh yeah, and I mean, Chiefs exactly. one was a must win. You have to pick up if you want to stay alive in the division. If Zach Wilson can play like he did last night for the rest of the season, you guys are a playoff team. Zach Wilson last night. For the first time in his career, I mean, he legitimately looked like a good yeah. NFL starting quarterback. I think quarterback. it finally got to him where it's like if he doesn't perform, he's going to be benched. He was for, killed for, this week. For three years, he was just – he really was awful. I'm sure you can agree to that as a yeah. Jets fan. No, I, 100%. And, and it's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's just that I guess up until last night, it seems like the NFL college gap was just too large for him because he is special, like Chris Jones said in that interview, if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. He has the talent. We saw it at BYU. We saw it at the at the uh, BYU Pro Day. No no player does that just to show off. He has the talent for it, and it showed last night, and I, hopefully he can play like that the rest of the year. He, he last night, go ahead, in. I'm sure he also gained like confidence for, from last night, too, knowing he's yeah. playing against literally one of the best teams in all of the sport if of, he was gonna if he was gonna do it, it like if he was gonna prove everyone wrong last night was the time to do it and he did on prime time national TV playing the world champs he looked great yeah. he was in rhythm tooth they were showing the times he got the ball out 
That's been one of, if not his biggest problems in the lead so far, is just he holds the ball way too long. He's jittery in the pocket, doesn't really know where to go with the ball, and it's usually too late. And then he takes some really bad stats or makes really bad throws that end up his pits. And last night we didn't see that. Two and a half, three seconds, the ball was out of his hand, out of his hand, very quickly, made sharp decisions. I loved what I saw from Zach Wilson last night. Yeah. He had the two down, uh, two-point down, conversion run where he had to kind of get to the edge and dive in. I mean, he was making plays all over the place. I'm very proud of Zach right. Wilson. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to say all of a sudden I feel great or even really good about him right now. Yeah, obviously small sample size. Moving forward, they've got Denver next week who had a crazy comeback as well against Chicago. It's Chicago. You guys should win. <laughs> Chicago. Um, we're going to be in Denver next week. Uh, the game, we'll see how it goes. If Wilson can play like yeah. that, though, they should win. Yeah, consistency is needed for like him. I feel like Wilson will have something to improve there, too, because I remember, I think I think it was his rookie year, so in 2021, when you guys played Denver, like week four or whatever, uh, yeah. Salo's first year as well. We beat him. I think, right? No, you lo- I'm pretty sure you... Really? You might have lost that game, but... I remember beating Denver week, I one year. I think that was year. week three. Nah, y'all beat them last year. You're right. You when, are right. When, we you guys started like, last year. You, start, you were starting yeah. like five and two. You're, You're right. September 26, 2021, the uh, the Broncos beat the Jets 26-20. Wilson went 19-35, 160 for two picks. I You said you're in Denver next week? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for him to really bounce back and like I played here I played awful here you you said 26 nothing was the score right? yes yeah and it, and it was entirely his fault like I Wilson was also very mature last night after the game it wasn't uh the rest blew it we should have won the game it, that's on me even though he played completely perfect he's been saying that recently I mean that's really been something he said since he's been in the league he's it's like last year when he said like he didn't let the defense down when it was like a 10 to 3 loss to the Patriots like that's not mature at all but he Definitely matured last night. That's true. No, you're right. Last year he had a couple moments where, you know, he kind of got a little upset, kind of let it get to him. And, yeah, you're right, and He did, he did kind of have a little bit of immaturity issues. But I think Rodgers coming in has been great for him. I mean, not just as a football player, but just as a human being, just to take the accountability that, that he has. It's been great right. to see. But, yeah, man, like, I did go, I did go up home last night real quick. Um, and I, I'm driving on the turnpike probably about – 20, 25 minutes before takeoff. I was racing home to make it uh, home before the game started. I'm driving past the stadium. Yeah. Because if you take this at Cactus exit off the turnpike, you, uh, when you're taking that ramp for like a few moments, you're looking right at MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. And you'd see the parking lot. It was filled. And I was surprised. A lot of red jerseys in the fans. I don't know if those were Taylor Swift fans or actual Chief fans. Yeah. Um, I was like, damn, Taylor Swift is in there, man. Like Chiefs fans travel. So I'm not surprised yeah, about that. That's but. true. I was like, it just felt like such, such a like perfect night for yeah. for for the Jets to shot the world, and they almost did, man. I mean, the defense. You're right, Jordan. They they are legitimate. I mean, we knew. I knew that from last year. I think right. everyone really saw it. Um, but they did play a great game. They, Travis Kelsey had three catches in the first quarter. Didn't have another one until the fourth. Um, and they really did make Mahomes yeah. look human. I mean. He looked. I would even say he looked bad last night. I don't think he really played a good game. Mahomes. Yeah, he didn't know he didn't play good at all. He had a couple plays where you know at the end of the game with with those runs and he iced it, sliding right before the one yard line, which by the way, cost a lot of people a lot of money with the spread being nine, yeah. um, and it ended up a three point game. But, um, yeah, man. I, I mean, we'll we'll see uh, where the Jets go from here. Um, but obviously one they would have loved to have last night. I mean, with with Aaron Rodgers going down, if you told me four weeks ago today, because it is four weeks ago today that Rodgers tore his Achilles, if you told me four weeks ago that Rodgers was going to get I think, hurt. I think three. Three, right? No, it's yeah, four, three. though, right? Isn't it? It's I we, think, week no, four you're right. It is. Yeah, because well, four, four minus one. Wait, week, yeah, week three, week two, week one. So, yeah, right now they're still in week four. So if you told me when Rodgers got hurt that if they, that they were going to be two and two through their first four games beating Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, are you joking? Like they they yeah. they were moments away from that. Last I mean, night, it, like I I wasn't like people. There's a lot of Jets haters out there, either because people just of, don't like of certain the Jets, people man. who are Giants fans. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? But no, I don't hate the Jets whatsoever. I mean, they're in a completely separate conference from the Giants. We play you guys once every four years. Exactly. You've never done anything to us. That's, that's like, my take on it. Yeah, I don't, I, mind, I don't mind the Jets either as a Giants fan. I'm a completely unbiased perspective, <laughs> and I had the Jets in the Super Bowl, honestly, before the season started. Mm-hmm. And it's proving my point, considering how well they're playing without Rodgers. 
we'll see where they go from here. They got Denver next week, and then uh, another tough one against Philly the week after that. Um, we'll d- we'll dive into the Eagles a little bit when we get back. Um, I'm gonna take a short break here on offsides here on this Monday in Glassboro, October the second. The shop is Rowan University's camp. Oh, let's try that again. The shop is Rowan University's campus food pantry and resource center, available to students in need. Located at Rowan Boulevard Apartments, the shop provides food and other items for students experiencing financial difficulties in addition to offering a range of free and confidential support services. Hours of operation are Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more information, the email address is theshop at rowan.edu. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. More offsides when we get back. part of a TV show or movie is the soundtrack, then the Sunday matinee is a dream come true. I'm Ellen Hardy, and I'll be there for you every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. to bring you the best of television and movie soundtracks together into three hours of pure awesomeness. So don't you forget about me and the Sunday matinee every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. only here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Perfect filler uh, to bring us back here. Little Eagles here on uh, offsides. Monday, October the 2nd, 5.31 p.m. here in Glassboro, New Jersey. Aiden Ray, Jordan Weisinger joining me, Aaron Hook. Um, talking a little football. Uh, and, again, guys, this is why I love having this Monday 5-6 to six slide is because we get to recap what happened yesterday, look ahead to the Monday night game, which we already did, uh, Seattle and the Giants tonight. Um, but yesterday, man, um, first of all, did you guys wake up to watch the London game? Because I, sh- I watched the Toy Story version. I was watching the Toy Story version of it on Disney Plus. How was, was that? I actually liked it a lot, to be <laughs> honest. It was, it was like in Andy's room. It was playing on like the carpet. Like it, <laughs> no, nah, cause like, I remember watching, it's like, it was actually so fun. Cause like I, I watched Toy Story a lot when I was little. So mm-hmm. I was, it was, it brought back memories. Toy Story. Good movies, good movies. One hundred percent. Then they might have fallen off like halfway through. I, I don't know how one many they made, are, but one and three are great. I've not seen four, and then two, I'm like not a deep fan of. <laughs> yeah, good series though, and and yeah, they did have the alternate broadcast. I didn't wake up to see it, Jordan. I I was no, like, you know what, Jazz Falcons, I, I can do without that. I think um, the only London game I'm waking up for is when the Giants are playing, dude. I saw that last. <laughs> year. That's what I did last year. Yeah. Other than that, like, dude, Jaguars Falcons, come on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was just. Like I was sleeping through it. I was watch like mm. watch like started watching like the second quarter yeah. around that time because sleep's important. It is certainly is, especially when uh you gotta wake up and watch football all day, which I did after um, watching college football Saturday. Exactly. Yeah, it tires you out, doesn't it? Exactly. Sitting there doing nothing. Um, Jaguars <laughs> win it twenty three to seven over Atlanta. They get to two and two. Atlanta drops to two and two, and and I think for the Falcons, the biggest takeaway guys has got to be that. The quarterback is not. Does yeah, Desmond Ritter is yeah, not no. looking impressive. He's not it, man. Desmond Ritter, I loved him coming out of Cincy. I loved him. He was a great college quarterback. He just doesn't. I think him and Arthur Smith are a big reason why Kyle Pitts has looked this bad. Like, yeah, I feel bad for him. He's, Pitts has disappeared his after his rookie insane. year. He has disappeared. Last year, he took a huge step back in terms of production. And you're right, Jordan. They are obviously going to run the heck out of the ball with B. John Robinson. Um, and Tyler Algier. Um, 
and they want to get Ritter involved in the run game as well. Um, and even when they do throw the ball, I mean, Bijan is obviously a big weapon out of the backfield, but, I mean, you have Jonu Smith, the other tight end, that sits catches for 95 yards. Um, you know, they only target Kyle Pitts four times in this game. Um, Drake London catches a touchdown. It's just a kind of a weird Atlanta offense. Like, you have so many guys that you could feature. Obviously, Bijan is going to be the guy that is going to be the absolute workhorse of this group, but... I agree. I think Kyle Pitts could be a huge, huge mismatch for them all yeah. over the field, and they just don't really seem it's to a do shame. a lot of it. Like him and uh, Pitts and Brock Bowers are two of the best tight ends come out of the SEC. Oh, Brock Bowers looks amazing. Like, he is a unbelievable. The Bears player. have a chance to add Brock Bowers and Marvin is Marvin Williams correct? Yeah, Mar- Harrison, Marvin Harrison. Marvin, yeah. Marvin, yeah, I always mess up those Ohio State receivers. <laughs> Marvin but. Williams played for the. Hornets, yeah, correct. Yeah. I was mixing up my players, but <laughs> Marvin Harrison and no, I agree Brock with you, Bowers. So. Imagine adding that to the Chicago Bears offense after how Fields uh, played yesterday. Uh, yeah, that I mean, wild. Fields did have a really good game. I mean, what do you have? Four touchdowns. Yeah. Four um, touchdowns, one interception. In first half. Yeah, he was great. The pick, I, the pick was not his fault, though. True. I want to clarify. His that. only incompletion in the first half was a hail mary. I, I what he hit on his first. 12 throws or something he like that? He was like 16 for 16 at the yeah. half. Yeah. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, my yeah, God. Fields he was, he was fields and Moore yeah. played phenomenal yesterday. I got it. Even though they lost, but Fields, Herbert, and Moore, they played very well. <laughs> the Bears somehow do lose that game. They're up 28 to 7 in at halftime, and or 21 to 7. Then they score another touchdown. They're up 28 to 7 in that game, guys. Mm-hmm. And then Denver, all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, they looked like the worst team in the league at that point yesterday. I was like, this is just a absolute disaster. You go from Hackett last year to Sean Payton, and you looked this flat um, in a game against Chicago, who was unanimously the worst team in the league. Right. I mean, both teams were 0 3. And yet, I saw something like eighty-eight or eighty-nine percent of the of the money for that game was on Denver. I mean, nobody thought the Bears would win that game. Yet they have a twenty-one point lead. Broncos are dead in the water. Looks like everyone should be fired. Yeah. But no, they come back and, and win the game. And I mean, it, it, it was one that is legitimately uh, like a franchise-saving win, like for a lot of guys in for that. For the building. Broncos, I would say, yeah. yeah. And people don't realize Russ is playing really good this year. He's playing under the radar right now. He is. He is. And yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard. Just, it's it's a, hard to play yeah. any worse than he did last year. Like, honestly, it's so <laughs> hard to win in the NFL nowadays. The AFC is stacked. It's unbelievable. Like the, whoever finishes as the uh, eighth seed this year will probably have nine wins. That's how good the AFC is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. The AFC is loaded, and, and like the Broncos have the talent to win. Their defense is solid. And how about uh, Cortland Sutton? How about Jaleel McLaughlin stepping in right as as right. the bat for yeah. Javante Williams, who goes down in this game? He's not been too impressive either. Isn't his no. so far? But I mean, McLaughlin got a big workload after he yeah. came in. Three catches, throwing a touchdown, seven carries for 72 yards. I mean, he looked good. Um, you're right. Russell Wilson has been playing very well. Um, through four games, completing 67% of his passes, yeah. nine touchdowns, two pits, over 1,000 yards. And so, yeah, Russell Wilson is looking like the Russell Wilson that we knew um, in Seattle, finally, for the first time, really, that he's you know come to Denver. Um, Broncos win that one in crazy fashion, 31-28. to 28. Uh, There were some blowouts on the ledger as well. Um, but I did segue with that filler that we're going to talk about the Eagles a little bit. Tight game between them and Washington, 34-31. This one ends up, Jordan. Um, the birds stay undefeated, 4-0. Only them and San Fran have, have not lost. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good, obviously. They showed they almost won the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for James Bradbury hold, which I was, you know, pretty <laughs> excited to see. But there is something about the Eagles this year that doesn't feel the same. Obviously, their offense is there. We've seen it. They're putting up at least 25 points every game, which is what you want to see out of uh, a Super Bowl contending team. But what concerns me is their defense, and not necessarily in the uh, in the long scheme of things, but like how Washington yesterday, they killed the clock. They got the first down passes, the runs, whatever they could do to kill time. That's how you beat the Eagles. You can't gun them out because you're not going to outgun A.J. Brown Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, now the, the new addition in DeAndre Swift, as well as Dallas Goddard, who's been kind of quiet this year. But their defense is slowly getting picked apart by these teams. We saw it with New England. Mac Jones played very well. The Vikings would have won that game if they didn't fumble five times. The Commanders 
should have went for two, they would have won the game if they got the two-point conversion. The only game they played well is Tampa, but I give the uh, an exception because Baker Mayfield was struggled a little bit. We've seen that from him. But I fully mm-hmm. expect the Eagles to... I won't be surprised if they win, but I really think the Rams are going to win this upcoming week. Cooper Cup's coming back. Matthew Stafford, it looks like Stafford. And I mean, upcoming of Puka, he's been incredible. As well as Tyron a, Williams. What a story. Tyron Williams has been really, really good, too. Like I know all the attention is on Puka, but yeah. Tyron Williams has been a great back for the he's Rams. He's been incredible. Yeah, I'm he gonna, has. I'm going to declare it on offsides here on October 2nd at 5.39 p.m. The Rams are back. The Ram, I think they are the back. Rams are, the Rams are back. They're exciting this year. They look good. Um, but Aiden, like the Eagles defensively, as Jordan talked about, you know, not for nothing, but Jonathan Dannon was the scapegoat of this team last year. Yeah, honestly, this is And just yet a- he looks good as a coach in Arizona who you know, I mean, just talking about what's gonna happen when Tyler comes back, whatever. I mean, he's got his guys playing tough over there, a team that no one expected to at this point be two and two, right? And then the Eagles defensively have seemingly taken a step yeah. back, no? Yeah, honestly, just like Jordan said, this ain't like the same same thing I'm watching, but it is early for the Eagles, obviously. One in three of the Cardinals are, I'm sorry. Yeah, Cardinal, they lost to the Niners yesterday. But, yeah, the Eagles, of course their offense is very good as a whole themselves, but their defense, they they they, just allowed, they allowed 31 to Washington, which, again, Washington, they put up a, they played a great game. They play the Eagles well, but known for the fact that um, the Eagles, they they can't just go like fully rely on the offense to go out there. Uh, but, also, like AJ Brown, two touchdowns, one seventy-five yards. Yeah, he. I mean, Crazy. he had he had the go ahead touchdown but, uh, and the taunting, the taunting, which it, led to the Washington game tying drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be doing that. I'm surprised Philly didn't do a classic Philly thing and just run the clock down with the run game and kick a field goal. Yeah, I they know. almost lost the game. Because what were they the doing throwing at the end? I was I surprised. Don't, I don't That's get not it. That's something Nick Sirianni normally does. Yeah, and, and Jake Elliott is. Doing very well again this year. Yeah. He's got a huge leg. And so. to touch on their defense real quick with the upcoming schedule, I mentioned that they're going to – I think they might lose to the Rams. And the next thing after that is at the Jets. I think Philly's defense is good enough to have Zach Wilson not be that crazy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I know you – We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be up in the air for sure because the Jets defense can't count anyone out. We'll see. But the Eagles are undefeated at all time against the, the other Jets, games though. after that. They are. They're uh, Sunday night. The Kelly Green debuts. They play Miami. That offense is it's be a great game. Game like the teams like the Bills and the Dolphins. I can like, I can see them easily picking apart that Eagles defense. Right. Every team's done it this year except Tampa Bay. Right. And yeah, the Eagles just they're gonna take a step back because of the schedule as well because they finished first in the division. But yeah, it's gonna be definitely something to watch over the course of the year. Eagles improved to four and zero. There were a lot of other good names yesterday. However, there is third and long tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that's coming out. Um, for all you offsides listeners, if you have not tuned in, I'm a co-host of Third and Lawn. Don't mean to shamelessly plug, but we're gonna break down every game uh, from the slate tomorrow. We got into the good ones, I think, though, um, or most of the good ones so far. But we've only got about like 15 minutes left. I want to talk some playoff baseball, man. Matchups are set. Wild card, best at three, start tomorrow. I'm pumped. I love playoff baseball, man. And, and these matchups, I think, are, are pretty good. Um, we'll start with the hometown team here in the Phillies. They get Miami, who has played them well this year um, in a best of three. Looks like it'll be Jesus Lazardo the starter tomorrow for the Marlins, and then Zach Wheeler, obviously, is going to start game one for the Phillies. Um, Phillies finished 90-72. and 72. Um, I, I think this series can honestly, and I know the Phillies have been hot and yeah. you know, they're, they are a good team. I, I, I could easily see the Marlins knocking them out in this series. I easily. Think. I think, it's well, well not easily in the sense of like, they're going to just beat them 10, nothing. No, both no, games. no. But, but like I could see the Marlins winning this series. No problem. Yeah, they're a know? scrappy team. It's a divisional opponent and they have, the contact dude, they have the power to do it. Josh Bell, Jake Berger, and especially Luis Arise, the yeah, batting title. Man. What do you hit? What do you end up hitting this year? Three fifty? Uh, I think it was like three forty something. Look, let's look it up. Uh, three fifty four. Yeah, okay. just unbelievable, man. Yeah, three fifty four. Two hundred three. They they got better at the deadline for sure. And Josh Chisholm, you never know in a best of three, man. He all he has to do is light it up for three days. Mm-hmm. It's a small sample size. That's the tough thing about baseball. Yeah, and you looked at Miami, you know, on. 
Um, kind of the pitching side, more middle of the road. Uh, again, you know, Lazardo is going to start game one for them. 31 starts this year, 3.63 yeah. ERA. He's their best pitcher. 208 strikeouts. I would have started in game two simply because Wheeler, I don't see how Wheeler, he was a, he's going to finish top five in Cy Young votes. You're losing that first game. I don't see a way you don't. And I would just throw in Garrett game one, and you would have bounced back. Nola's been very hittable this year. Lazardo Nola game two potentially you uh, you get a game there and then game three all ups in the air. Obviously Miami would have done Sandy Alcantara, but uh, he's such a big loss. He's seriously. done for the year uh, with that UCL injury uh, that's really bitten a few big arms in, in yeah. the league. Um, you know, obviously most notably I think Felix Bautista um, of Baltimore, but yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to be a really good series. I I. I think every game is going to be really close, um, and I could see the Marlins pulling the upset. Um, What's your guys' World Series predictions? Looking at it just from the start, and you go first. Honestly, um, I could just—it'd be so I'd easy s- to say Baltimore, Atlanta. <clears throat> yeah, but. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm like thinking. But in <laughs> July, in July, I said Rays, Braves because like the Orioles, obviously. That could like, still, I, like I could still see gonna, that easily. Yeah, because Tampa are still usually obviously good and. They're playing the Texas Rangers in the wild in the wild card tomorrow, and the Rangers um, fumbled the division. They have choked games. They did. Um, honestly, the Rays there there is a chance for the Rays to be honest, but but I what I can see is like the ALCS being the Rays and the Orioles. I could see that'd be a great that's, series, right? I don't want to I don't want to like throw you off, but that's impossible. Is that is if that, the Rays win? They play the Orioles. Oh oh wait, yeah. what? True, yeah, because oh. the Orioles are the top seed, right? So they get. Well, the Orioles are the top seed, oh, so they man. get the winner of Tampa, Texas. of Tampa, Texas, oh, and then wait. Minnesota, Toronto. That series plays Houston. Wait a second. Uh, I would, I would just, I would, oh yeah, the the Blue Jay, the Blue Jays, I think are, are like the um, bottom seed, like mm-hmm. yeah, because the Rays, yeah, the Rays are better than them. They're the top wild card. So, yeah, okay. Um, so so the winner of Tampa, Toronto plays Baltimore. Winner of Minnesota. Tampa, what, Texas. What did I just say? Tampa, Texas. Tampa, Texas. Toronto, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah, okay. Um, World Series. I'm saying either Baltimore, Atlanta, or Baltimore and the Dodgers. I yeah. Think. Really. I mean, that's such an easy pick. I, yeah, I'll, like, I'll just stick with Baltimore, Atlanta because um, like, those two teams, they're they're very exciting. They just feel year, man. I have Atlanta, Houston. I can't count them out, man. Atlanta. Oh, God. I, I, you know I, I hate I, the I Astros. I hate to admit that you're right, but the, you are right. Yeah, I hate the Astros too. <laughs> but like, Tell me they're not going to the ALCS at least. The Astros, again, they're still a complete team. Jordan, Altuve. They are weaker you. this year, but I think – their best uh, chance at going to it is because they play the Orioles. The Orioles dominate Tampa this well, year. They've done it all year. Also, they get a break here because Minnesota wins the division at 87 wins. They're right. not a better team than Tampa or Texas. Yeah, I think Toronto exactly. still wins that series against Minnesota, but even so, Houston, I think, outpowers Tampa and Toronto. Texas, I would – I mean, Toronto is a decent team. Yeah. They, they, they have bats, but Tampa is, I think – a, a much better team. Than the, the twin. To touch on Tampa though, I think their path is just so tough because they have the worst pitching out of anyone in the playoffs because of their loss of McClanahan. Um, Zach Eflin's looked a little better this year, but it's really just Tyler Glass now, essentially. Yeah. And their bats are there for sure, but Texas is throwing out Jordan Montgomery game one, probably a Valdi game three or game two. It <laughs> just they have a yeah. really good rotation, and Scherzer hasn't been ruled out. He's we've seen him be a uh, absolute. A menace in the playoffs and the back spasms he had in the World Series. He kind of he kind of lost it last year though, so it could be a little bit True. of a redemption yeah. um, when he was in New York. Um, could be a little bit of a redemption. That's for sure, the biggest toss up series for me because Texas has been so streaky this last month. But they Tam- have. at the same time, I'm not impressed with Tampa, so I really have to think about that series. Yeah, Texas had a role, like of course a role this Chapman. Um, especially as a Yankee fan, um, I'm I'm like I always feel worried when Chapman's on the mound, and then. Tampa, um, they just they of course um, had Baltimore, Baltimore was ahead of them, but of course the Rays, um, yeah. I can heavily heavily respect because of them having a low payroll and being able to consistently make the playoffs now. Yeah, man, they yeah year after year it's pretty incredible. How rewarding would it be if we did a Rangers Astros ALCS? And Aroldis Chapman hands a slider to Altuve and he crushes it to go to the Aaron, World Series. Aaron, I hate you so much. <laughs> Script. Scripted if that. Happens. I don't know. At that point, scripted. At that point, I'm smiling because 
Chapman, go do it for yeah. another team. I man. would actually, I would be, I would honestly be upset if that <laughs> happens. Just like the PTSD of that moment. That's my worst moment as a sports fan ever. <sighs> and it, it was even there, worse. There's, there's, it was even worse because it was one. the thrill of LeMahieu tying the game, dude. And I was like, "Let's go, man! We're right here!" And then I remember because yeah. he was down to two strikes, and I remember just slumping down on my chair like, "This is it!" <laughs> and all of a sudden, LeMahieu goes oppo. 2019 he was such a fun year. Oh, yeah. No, when LeMayu hit that, I was screaming. That game was so infuriating that because was... Gurriel hit that three-run home run in the first, and then the Michael Brantley double play in, like, the eighth inning. I thought it was over after that. That was unreal. Yeah, but real, real stuff. That was – like I could, I could go on rants for hours. So. As it, that was such a fun year, though. 2019 was such a fun year as a Yankee fan. It was – we don't need so exciting. No more talk about the Yankees. Yeah. No, they yeah. don't. They don't yeah. deserve it. They yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not. not we're not in the postseason. Changes have to be made. Um, to touch on the playoffs, one last yeah uh, topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect that many upsets this year, unlike last year where the Phillies came out of nowhere. I think we know what all these teams can be. I don't think any team is going to magically pop out of nowhere and run the table. If Arizona does it against Milwaukee, the Dodgers never lose to divisional opponents like that, unless it's like a super team like we saw last year in the Padres. But for the most part, this is the second year of the new wildcard format. I expect every team to know what's up and, up, and, up and coming in front of them. And I expect the best teams to really prevail. And that's why I say Houston because of the experience and Atlanta because if they don't win, it's just disappointing. MLB playoffs start tomorrow. We've made it, fellas. We are here. It is October. We have playoff baseball. Another, so. a, another thing, like the Twins, um, they have not won a um, playoff game since 2004. So they have a chance to um, – Potentially get a playoff win on the board. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, though. Bassett and Gosman have a keyword. Have a, keyword have a chance. It's because anything is possible. So last few minutes here on the show, um, and we're going to wrap it up by talking about uh, some waves that were made in the NBA yesterday. Remember the NBA guys? Remember basketball? Vaguely. Remember that sport? Um, uh, yeah, it's starting to come back. It's starting to creep in. NBA media, so. media day was today. Saw a lot of funny clips there. We talked about Jimmy Butler and his hair. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Boston Celtics getting Drew Holiday from the Portland Trailblazers, who obviously acquired him in the three-team trade for Damian Lillard last week. Boston is looking scary. And they trade Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams away to Portland in this trade. However, getting Drew Holiday, that is a scary addition to me. Alongside Jason Tatum, like, that Drew Holiday is such a big piece. People are so Brown. underrated. They are, and they have Porzingis. I mean, yeah. that think about their They're starting loaded. five defensively. I think they took Jalen Brown not being able to dribble the left side personally. <laughs> like, Holiday is going to be so dynamic in that offense. Think about their starting five just defensively. Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, <sighs> Jason Tatum, Porzingis. Unreal. Or, and you throw out Horford at the five. Um, yeah, Horford. They uh, are so versatile defensively. Yeah, on ESPN yeah. right now, it's saying the um, center's Horford, um, power forward Porzingis, small forward Tatum, shooting guard Brown, and point guard Derek White. Well, no, nah, I mean, Holiday's going to start. Yeah, Drew Holiday, obviously Drew well, Holiday. I mean, we'll see. They can do so much. I mean, they can just run Porzingis oh, at the five. Oh, they didn't update this. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, people, like, the NBA scoring has gone up in recent years, too, but pe- Porzingis is so good still. He, he, Porzingis, I think, has flown under the radar, yeah. especially when he was with Washington last year. I don't think people realize how good he was. Right. Yeah, when he, he put up 23-8, and eight, shot like 37% from really three. Um, yeah, he, he has turned out to be a really nice player, and Boston, man. I mean, Milwaukee gets Dame, and they yeah. have the crazy combination of him and Giannis with all their surrounding talent. But the Celtics are there, man. I mean, yeah. they went to the finals two years ago. We're very close, obviously, last year to going back. Boston, I think, right now, is they've got to be the best team in the East, I think. I think they're better than Milwaukee. Even though Dame and Giannis, we'll see how they kind of gel together. I yeah. think it's going to be a great as much combination. As a Boston sports team is the best of course. in any conference. Of course. It's the biasy of even the I Philly lo- fans can resonate yeah. with. That. I I love Giannis and I love the Bucks because they're just such a fun team to watch. But Boston is better. They've had a better recent performance. They went to the finals two years ago. Yeah, not, they just got better too. I think they're better coached too. I mean, Missoula yeah. Missoula had his moments. Boonholzer's um, gone, right? Yeah, Boonholzer's yeah. out. Adrian yeah. Griffin is the new coach there. There's no question the Bucks will be good, but it's going to be interesting to see how they the chemistry works there. Yeah, I love this trade for Boston. I really do. And we'll see what Portland does um, on the other side of this. So obviously, trading away Dame. Right. And 
They've got guys that they want to get touches, obviously, with Stuart Henderson there. Aiton's probably going to get moved at some point as well. You think they, do you think they trade Aiton? He's not really a centerpiece for a championship. Uh, I, They're probably going to run it with Scoot. Yeah, and but he doesn't have happens. to be now. He doesn't really have to be. Right? He can kind of just hang out in True. Portland, do his thing. He's probably right, maybe, maybe a, a, get a big deal. Yeah, they're probably going to see what they have in the because they got two first round picks out of it. I think the guy they move is Broadman. I don't think they yeah. want him there because they okay. have Shaden Sharp there already. They have Simons, obviously, who emerged last year as like a real scoring threat over twenty yeah. a game, and then obviously Stuart Henderson. Right, right. so you kind of have a kind of have a log jam at, at at the guard spot. So I think Broadman gets moved, but I think they hold on to Aiden and Robert Williams. Okay. That's a pretty good one two as, that, yeah. as your two centers. So. We'll see. I mean, it, the Dame trade was nuts. Uh, yeah. The trade was nuts. I mean, Nurkic got moved, right? Um, it's a fair trade for everyone, really. I think it was a fair trade. The Suns got depth. That's what they needed. Who 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 did the Suns get out of it? I forgot. Grayson Allen, and Keon they got Johnson, Nurkic, right? and Nazir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. It's depth. That's what they need. If they want to run that three-headed dragon with <laughs> Booker, true. Beal, yeah. and Durant, you can't have two other guys like clogging up that lineup. Yeah, you need depth on a um, basketball, depth on a basketball because team. Because Beal, Durant, and Booker, along with just defensive spread out depth, that's what they need. And I think they really did a good job of figuring that out because they have no cap space, but, but at least before the uh, eight and trade. So they did a good job. Yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski calling uh, the Eastern Conference an arms race, and I, I would have to agree. I mean, it is loaded. So uh, yeah, basketball is it's coming, man. It's coming fast. Obviously, with media day and training camp getting underway in a few days for most teams, um, and obviously the big Damian Lillard move and and the corresponding holiday trade yesterday, man, I I'm pumped uh, for basketball to be back. But all right, five fifty five p.m. Got it kind of a little short today, uh, but I want to thank you two guys for coming on talking all three sports today with me. I mean, there's more than three sports, but uh, you know we hit the the three big ones. Um, and so, in Ray, Jordan Weisinger, thank you for joining me today. I've been Aaron Hook, your Monday host of Offsides. Uh, you can listen to Offsides Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com channel 2. Have a great rest of your Monday night. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.